The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Uh, Courtney, who is amazing at the word, and I actually get requests all the time, like, when's Courtney going to preach next? People love hearing Courtney uh, speak. Now, here's the thing. These are short windows because we're doing, like, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, kind of like a TED Talk. In no way does that reflect the value, intelligence, or the power that God wants to speak through these ladies. Oftentimes, shorter is better. I'm working on getting my stuff shorter. But the reason for bringing three together and not just, hey, you do it once, they're all capable of that and they've all done that, is that so we've done this all throughout our church with guys and with girls. Sometimes it's good just to bring people, and you can hear something from different perspectives, and that perspective might be like a combination lock, what opens the door for you, okay? And we're talking about abiding in the Lord. So please listen to each person with all of your heart and mind, because that person might be the one that has the perspective that helps you start making a better connection to the Lord, and that's what the whole point of this morning is. Amen? Awesome. Okay, go ahead and play the video. Next step is to fold in the cheese. What does that mean? What does fold in the cheese mean? He folds it in. I, I understand that, but how, how do you fold it? Do you fold it in half like a piece of paper and drop it in the pot, or what do you do? David, I cannot show you everything. Okay, well, can you show me one thing? You just, here's what you do. Uh -huh. You just fold it in. Okay, I don't know how to fold broken cheese like that. And I don't know how to be any clearer. You take that thing that's in your hand, uh -huh. and you... If you say fold in one more time... It says fold it in! All right, has anybody ever felt like that before when you hear, like, Christian cultural speak, and you don't know what that means or how to practically apply that to your life? Well, we are going to be diving into a whole series this month on how to abide and what that means and uh, just the importance and the benefit that it has on our lives as believers. But we can't be expected to do something when we have no idea of what it means. I actually still, even after making that, don't know what folding in means in terms of like cooking, but I'm sure that there are some people in here who can explain it to me later. But I do know what it means to abide, and hopefully uh, the three of us today, we can teach you so that you guys can experience God's fullness in your life. So we're going to start that off today by looking at some definitions. So in English, we use the word abide to mean to accept or to act in accordance with. So that means like you abide by the speed limit or not. It means uh, you abide by the rules. We also use abide to say you tolerate something like, oh, I cannot abide my dog's barking or I can't abide their behavior. So if we apply how we use that word in the English to what God is asking us to do when it's used in the scriptures, we're going to be very confused and we're not going to understand like, okay, how do we do that though? What does that look like? 
And so we're going to look at how it's defined in the different ways that it's used in the Bible. So in the Old Testament, it's going to be in Hebrew, and that word is yeshab. And it's used in the same way that we use it in English, but it also has added relational qualities to it that mean inhabit or to be with or to make your home into something. So if you're sitting on your couch and you've got your blanket and your cat and your Netflix and your coffee, you're just abiding in your home. And that's the way that that word is used in the Hebrew. In the Greek, it's used mostly to mean to stay or to remain or to endure or be present with. And that is how we see it used in the New Testament. So let's take a look at how Jesus uses the word in John 15, verse 5. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So what Jesus is doing here is he is imploring his followers to not cut themselves off from him. And he illustrates what this means by comparing himself to a vine and us to branches that are connected to that vine. And this is where true freedom comes in. And this is the reason that God calls us to abide in him. Because it is not the responsibility of the branches to bear fruit. It's not. And God calls us the branches. Fruit grows naturally as a result of the vine or the plant that it is connected to. So if you've been trying to overcome something in your life, like you've got habits, uh, you're trying to be a better person, or you're trying to live up to a biblical standard, you're trying to be a better spouse or a better parent, um, you're trying to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, and you're just really, really frustrated because no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you work at this thing, no matter how much you do in your own strength, you keep falling short. Well, then you're in really, really good company because guess what? I can't do any of those things either. And Pastor Andy and Carrie can't do any of those things. And Kyle and Jenna can't do any of those things. We can't do them. But God, through the Holy Spirit at work in our life and us remaining with Christ and being attached to Christ and connected to Christ can do and work out all of those things in our lives. Jesus calls us to be attached to him to give us rest so that we don't have to strive so hard at doing the things and being the people that he wants us to be. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Abiding in Christ turns over control to God to let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting in your life. So what does that look like practically? Well, the good thing is, is that spending time with the Lord and spending time in his word can look different for everybody. It's not uniform. My way is much more feral and undisciplined than most people. And guess what? That is absolutely okay. I found that one dedicated block of devotional time in the morning 
really was too compartmentalized from the rest of my day. It was like, okay, this is my Jesus time, and then I have my day, and the rest of it was mine, and there was that separation. And so um, what I do instead, now that works a lot better, is try to grab little moments with the Lord throughout the day here and there, whenever I can get them, whenever I'm alone. So that might look like 10 minutes while I'm getting ready and then my 20-minute drive to work and my 20-minute drive back. It's when I've got my worship music and my earbuds while I'm doing the dishes and all the while praying, listening, praying, listening, worshiping, listening, and just kind of supplementing the whole entire day with these little bits and moments where I get to connect with the Lord, where I get to be a branch that plugs into the vine. Um, as an other able learner, I've also found so much more in scripture through combining audio Bible with motions like fixing my hair or vacuuming or doing the dishes or when I'm organizing something and I'm putting things into place and I've got the Bible going on. The retention is actually remarkably better, and that's a trick that I've learned from years spent sitting in on occupational therapy sessions with my kids. There's actually a really fascinating science between when you do cross-body activities and what your mind actually learns and retains. And so if you struggle, if you just like kind of gloss over when you're reading paper copies, try some different ways to abide in God's word and to get the word of God into you. There is a way to abide in God for every kind of person, ability, or lifestyle. And if you're like me, you have a built-in gauge as to whether or not you're spending enough time with the Lord. And it comes out in how we react to situations and how we treat other people. Are we being kind? Are we being loving? Um, for me, I notice when things make me angry easier then that's a good gauge of like, I have not been spending enough time with the Lord lately. When I'm driving down the road and the bicyclist is in front of me going 15 miles an hour and I start to feel that frustration well up, when I've been spending enough time with the Lord, I know because I just feel the Holy Spirit like put a hand on my shoulder being, this isn't something we get angry about. You're good. Just calm down. You don't need to get there that fast. And when I haven't been, then that's when I use my fun words. So there is a gauge that is built in us where we can say, oh, no, I need to get back to the life giver. I need to get back into being with Christ and having the Holy Spirit flesh out those things in me. It is when there is a person that maybe I needed to apologize to, and I'm in my prayer time with the Lord talking about stuff about myself, and that person comes to mind, and I feel that nudge of the Holy Spirit say, hey, you know, you need to go to that person and make this right and talk to them. Those are the kinds of things that come with abiding in Christ, meaning spending time with him, spending time in his word and being with him. So with that, I am going to turn it over to our wonderful, amazing Pastor Carrie. Thank you guys so much. Amazing. Thank you. I love the videos. They crack me up. Um, and I'm jealous because I can't do any of those kinds of things. All right, and this has this has been bothering me. Make it how it needs to be. Okay, so my husband is not the only one gifted in the arts of props. 
Um, okay. So freedom in Christ, abide or die. We are finding freedom in Christ, but it comes by abiding in him. So along with Courtney, uh, I'm the same way. Abide, abide. That's such a great sounding, really spiritual word. I have no idea what that means. Um, 15 to 20 years ago, I was a very frazzled, okay, yesterday, but also 15 to 20 years ago, I was a very frazzled stay-at-home mom. No, probably not. I never, I, but anyway, uh, stay-at-home mom, also probably had a side hustle and had four small kids, probably nine to two. I was basically Jenna, okay? And I, there was a lady in the church do you know, do you have like that one person where you're just like, oh my gosh, every time she speaks, you just are silent and you listen. She completely captures attention. I want to preach like that. I want, I want to write sermons like that. I want to be able to share with people and, and teach them. I want to be like her. Well, she was from Puerto Rico. Her accent was the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. That did help me keep my attention on her as well because I just love to actually hear the sound of her voice. But one day at a ladies' retreat, when she was done speaking, I raised my hand and I said, with my pen and paper in hand, and I said, I thought I'd get her. Kind of like how the disciples and all the people would try to get Jesus and corner him into an answer. I was like, how much time do you read your Bible every day? And I was like, going to write it down. Because whatever it was, I was going to do it. I was going to mimic it. I was going to do it so that I could have the results that she has. Because I know the Bible. I spent growing up, I, me I memorized chapters of the Bible. I love that. But I could not write a sermon and preach the way she could. So I want to do that. How many minutes or hours do you spend with Jesus every day? Whatever it was, I was Okay, well, I don't know if you understand my personality, but I'm a checkbox. Um, I need a specific block of time. I need to know exactly what I need to do, and then I check it off, and I am done for the day. Reading until I'm full. I had absolutely no idea what that meant. It might be your, what it is is you're looking for the treasure. You get full when you see the treasure. So it might be the first verse you read. It might be five chapters. You know when you're searching for something, your eyes are open, you are looking for it, and hopefully you'll find it. Andy called me Friday night. Do you know he spent the night at the church Friday night because he couldn't find the keys to lock up the church? And by 10 o'clock at night, I was like, um, call the Mintons. I'm not dragging. Michelle has a key. She lives close. I'm not going to drag them out of bed. Uh, he literally slept in the church because he couldn't find us. He was looking. He was tired. He had to be back for men's breakfast. He was looking for those keys. When you are searching for something, instead of checking a box, you are going to find it. He did eventually find them, but at that point, why, why come home? Just spend the night. Um, so when you are looking you're going to find it. So now I am looking for a treasure. I am looking to get fed. I am looking to get full from my reading. I'm not just checking a box. It completely changed my life. It completely changed how I do my reading time. So another thing about me is I can hear things all day long. Blah, 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 blah. But if I, like, literally, Andy, our door lock... For the 18th million time, the door lock on our front door is broken. And so he replaced it all. He sends the whole family a video. Here's the code. Here's how you do it because it's a new lock. So, of course, we all need instructions. I don't know what he's saying. All I know is now Kira, 
One day we come, so I've been going through the garage. One day we come home and Kira's like, I'll open the door. I'm like, okay. And she's doing it. And my daughter opens the door, my four-year-old. I'm like, okay, now I know how to do it because I saw her do it. So that's why these props are here. I want to show you how I abide in Christ. Not how you need to, but literally what does that look like for me? I have my chair. I have my blanket, which you don't need in Texas, but I still need it. I have my cup of coffee. I have my Bible. I have my journal. It means I take out my phone and I put it on do not disturb. Not silent. I put my phone on do not disturb. Okay, then I get everything ready. And then I pray. I'll pray quick. God, I have 18,000 things I'm supposed to do today. I have 18,000 things and people and to-dos that I need to do. They're not even an option. I can't even focus. But God, I need to hear from you. You don't have a talking problem. I know that I have a listening problem. So will you please speak to me and help me listen? Okay. For me, I need a paper Bible. Um, I love that it's on our phone everywhere I go. we go. Um, I love that there's audio. I love all those things. Um, for me, if I don't write it down, if I don't see it, if I'm not actually working with it, I won't remember it. I barely remember it. I mean, it does. I do remember. But it helps me study it. So I get my pen. I start the chapter. I star it. I'm a to-do person. I like the visual. Okay, when I, so when pastor says, turn in such and such, and I look at that chapter, I'm like, oh, I've read that one. I also read, and everybody does it different, I love to read front to back. I'm a black and white, a box person. I like that in the Old Testament, it's sometimes hard to read, but it's also foreshadowing what's in the New Testament. There are so many things that, like, once you start in the news, you're like, oh, my gosh, I think there was some prophet guy that said something, and it was really like it made no sense. But now I get it. He was actually talking about Jesus, even though he was talking about some wheat or something. I don't know. It all starts making sense. So, anyway, I was in Romans 8 just that when I, had, when I wrote my message. I didn't specifically pick this. It was just Romans 8 that was up next to my Bible. I start underlining. Scriptures that mean something. Something I don't understand, I put question marks. I, it's messy. It doesn't look pretty. But I start writing and highlighting all kinds of things that are speaking to me while I'm, talk, while I'm reading. Um, okay, so with this, for an example, I couldn't even read past verse 21. By verse 21, I was completely full. So I started writing in my journal, which is the other page on that. And I started writing out the verses that really, that I had circled, ones that really stood out to me. I started journaling just those. Then I summarized. So uh, next, the other one, the first one. So down at the bottom, I summarized verses 9 through 14. And I started summarizing what God was saying to me through those verses. Okay, then in the next page. What does it look like in real life, I wrote. I feel like people, and I started writing, this one was talking about how in the flesh, in the flesh we're a debtor. In the flesh we can't do it. In the flesh we're not going to make it. What does it look like being in the spirit? We're alive. We are not held by the sin. All these things. The analogy for me is when I'm telling Kira she must hold my hand in the parking lot, ooh, she hates it. 
That little independent little girl hates it. She hates it. So it's me grabbing her arm, and we're going inside. And I'm pretty sure all the others did that too. Um, they don't want to hold my hand in the parking lot. I am not trying to uh, suppress her. I'm not trying to take away her freedoms. I'm not trying to make her life difficult and take away joy and fun. I know that she can't run in the parking lot or she's going to get hit by a car. I am protecting her. One of my passions is a lot of times people are going to see the things that maybe they think the Bible is full of a bunch of don'ts. Do you realize it is a bunch of protection? It is a bunch of fighting freedom. Your soul finds freedom when you follow, but you can't do it on your own. This is what the Romans 8 is saying. And it's saying that I have full power when I'm walking in the spirit, when I have surrendered. That's what it's saying. None of this has to do with abiding. This is just my chapter that was up, up next to read. And I was looking for a treasure instead of, okay, I need to read, read chapters 8 and 9 and 10 and 12. Okay, now I can check the box. God, give me a treasure out of this. And this is what he gives me. It will look different for everybody. What does it look like reading until you are full, until you have found the treasure? For me, it's finding something I've never seen before, something that I can start to write in my journal, and then a whole sermon idea starts flowing from my pen. For others, it might be they start writing a new song, or a letter, or a sermon, or a TikTok, or a reel, or getting an answer to something that you have been needing God to speak to you on. Or just a new understanding and clarity to what God is saying to you specifically. And you see it in a way you never understood before. There is absolutely so many ways to get full when you're looking for it. It's not a five chapters, check the box, and I'm done. And that is how I abide. That was incredible. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> this is going really well. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go ahead and pick up right there. Uh, um, so good. Um, so what does it look like for us to abide? What does it look like for us to fold in the cheese? How do we get free? How do we stay free? And as Carrie and Courtney have already beautifully and amazingly um, shared with us this morning, um, it's found through relationship. It's found through abiding with Jesus. For me, what abiding means is it means a consistent awareness of God's presence in my life throughout my day, intentionally connecting with him. And I want to encourage you today even more that your time with Jesus is the most valuable, the most important time that you will spend during your day. It just is. You'll find refreshment. You'll find clarity. You'll find healing. You'll find restoration. You'll find freedom. You'll find freedom from bitterness and worry and addictions and negative thoughts. Abiding and reading the word, the goal isn't perfection. The goal is connection. You want to connect, connect to Jesus. And Jesus said himself, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means that he doesn't condemn you into a relationship with himself. Rather, he encourages you. 
He encourages you. He appeals to you. He draws you in. He invites you. He invites me. He invites all of us to spend time, and that's done through reading the Bible and through praying. And um, there's some verses up on the screen in Isaiah, and um, this is how God invites us. This is how he lays out the party. He lays out the invitation for me, for you. Um, in the first part of the verse, it says, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. That is Jesus himself inviting you. Come to the waters. You might be so thirsty. We've all been there before. We've been tired. We've been drained. We've been exhausted, overwhelmed, thirsty for a change in our lives, something different to happen in our life. God knows, and he knew. He knew even before you were ever born that you were going to need something more. He knew that you were going to try to work things out in your own strength and your own wisdom. And he knew that he was going to have to provide a lifeline for you. And he did it through his word. And then it says, it gets better. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Abiding in Jesus has absolutely no cost for us. Nothing. Because Jesus paid it all. He paid it all so that we could have a right relationship with him. He gave us that freedom. He gave us that ability. We racked up all the debt with our sin. We racked it up like an unlimited credit card. And we separated ourselves from him. But yet he comes and he invites us into a deeper relationship. He's laying it all out for us. And he's offering us a chance to be filled, to fill the void with something greater than ourselves. It says, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Why work hard to fill a need that only God can fill? Why try to fill it with something else? I've been there, I've tried. I've tried to fill it with other things that seem like they bring comfort or they seem like they bring peace, but in reality, they don't. The only thing that brings me clarity and peace and joy is seeking after the Lord through word and through the prayer. And then it says, listen, listen to me. Again, he's got to repeat himself. And eat what is good and you will delight in the richest fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. There is absolutely no secret here. God is very clear. He's given you what you need in order to live, to thrive, to survive, to help others live. He's given it to you right here in front of us. And it's, he keeps saying, listen, this word brings life. It brings freedom to us. It's a gift. It says in Psalm, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't taste something if you're not eating it. So you got to open it up. you got to eat it so that you can actually taste and see God's goodness. And he's inviting you. He doesn't condemn you. He invites you. He's saying, hey, guess what I got over here? It's really good. It's good for you. It's beneficial for you. And then in John 8, we see it again. We see how important God's word and teaching. We actually see it all throughout the Bible. So these verses that we're sharing, they're just a snippet of it's interesting how the Bible talks about how the Bible is so beneficial. God's showing us his teaching is so beneficial. It says in John 8, it says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. You want to be set free from worry and anxieties and poverty and addictions? You want to be set free? Then hold on to God's word. If you want to abide, you hold on to God's word. You grip it tight. Do whatever you have to do. Like these leaders are sharing. You read. You underline, you memorize, you listen. Do what you have to do to get a hold of the word because it's what sustains you. It's what brings you freedom. It's what brings you into connection and relationship with Jesus. The invitation is there and the price has been paid. Now, um, as some of you know, I have four kids and it's really fascinating to me that from the hours of 7 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., I am never alone, ever. Uh, no matter what, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, I'm never alone. And um, I do absolutely love it. Even if I lock the door, I'm, they're still there. And so I'm just never alone. And I remember just pondering about this a couple weeks ago. And it, God spoke to me. And, and this is what he said to me. He said, you know, they don't need an invitation to be with me. They just assume. They assume that's my mom. I'm her kid. And she's available for me right now. And she loves me. And she needs to meet my needs. She, she's there to notice me, to listen to me, to love me. That's their assumption. They want to be as close as possible to me because they find life just by being next to me. No matter what I'm doing, watching what I'm doing, they just find life there. And the same is for Jesus as it is for us. Unlike me, Jesus has unlimited amount of patience and faithfulness. And he never locks the door. He's so available. Always available. The truth is, is that we are his kids you are his sons and his daughters, and he's inviting you. He's saying, come on, come be with me. Come abide with me. The truth is for you, he's always available to you. He's ready to meet with you wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking. He is so available to you. And the truth is, I need him. I absolutely need him. That's why I meet with him every day. I choose to abide because thoughts come People say things that hurt. My friends are carrying heavy burdens. I mess up. I just absolutely need him, and you need him too. And day after day, I have to continue to come to the waters. I have to continue to taste and see if God's goodness, because I can so quickly forget. I can so quickly get dried out, trying to do things in my own strength, in my own wisdom. So I continue to read the Bible and continue to ask God, can I really trust you? God, are you really near to me? God, are you with me? Will you heal me? Can things ever get better than this? And the reassurance comes through reading the Bible. It comes through praying. It comes through abiding with Jesus. Now, for me, um, it reminds me. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Okay. It reminds me of this umbrella. So, ah, it works. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll hold it like this. 
Okay, so in order for me to use this, we are going, I'm just going to lay it out. We're going to pretend this is God's word. This is God's gift to us, is this umbrella. Now, um, in order for me to use this for shade, well, it's not good for shade. I guess this one isn't. But protection from the storms and rain, if I want to use it, I need to open it up. So it's here. It's available to me. So I'm going to start opening it up. And what's amazing is as I open it up, the more I open it up, the more I realize that it's actually very helpful. And it adds protection and guidance. And you know what's really cool is the more people fit under here. When you open up your Bible and you're reading and you're praying, it doesn't just benefit you. It benefits those around you, your children, the friends around you. Can you believe that? God has given you such a powerful, amazing tool and gift. It doesn't just bring you life. It brings other people life and joy. So why not? Why not pick it up and open it and do what you're supposed to do? It does not. It's not 100%. I'm still going to get a little bit of splashed on. I'm still going to get, you know, a little sunburnt. But it sure it does add a really good protection and buffer between the elements and me. And this is what God's given you. We open it up, we consume it, we let it, we get really gratitude. You'll have more clarity. Things will go better for you because you're in God's word, you're abiding in him. And it says in Ephesians, it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, you're far away from God, you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. And my prayer for you today is that you would just accept the invitation that Jesus is giving to you personally. Now, we all laid out a bunch of different tools and ways that you can connect with Jesus. But I pray that you would know that perfection is not the goal. Connection is that you yourself would say, this week, I'm going to connect. I'm intentionally going to connect and reach out to Jesus. He's drawing you in. He wants to be with you. He loves everything about you, and I pray that you would connect with him this week. Now, I'm not going to go this time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, who feels like they know what abide means now? Okay. I need a little bit longer, so I'm glad we're doing it the whole month, but it was a really good start. Um, Abiding, man, that's, it was such a good message. Thank you guys so much for doing that. I think I feel like I know a little bit more um, that we can make our home in Jesus, uh, that we can get fuzzy blankets and study the word. Um, and then I love what Jenna said, how can you taste if you don't eat it, right? So I want to take a second right now, and I don't want to put anyone on the spot, so I'm going to ask everyone just to close your eyes. To make your home inside of this, or to let Jesus... Jesus make his home inside of you. I just want us to think about that for a second. Maybe you've made your home in Jesus and you've walked away. Maybe you've never really allowed Jesus to make his home inside you. Or maybe this is your first time ever hearing this. So I want to open this up as an opportunity to either know Jesus for the first time or get to know him more. So if you feel like that's you, if you feel like this message was kind of stirring in your heart, this is the first time you've ever walked in a church, this is the first time that you've ever heard the name of Jesus, or you've walked away and you're ready to come back. No one's looking around. No one's going to single you out. Just go ahead and slip your hand up. 
I just want to take this as an opportunity right now. So we've got a couple. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's awesome. And you know, there's probably some more. So again, without singling you out, I just want you to just pray this in your heart. I want you to just follow me in prayer. Um, I do this with the youth kids. So everyone just keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. I do this with the youth. It's real simple. It's called the ABCs. We're going to do that real quick that you've sinned, believe that Jesus died, and confess him Lord of your life. So we're going to do that real quick. And you can do it in your head or you can do it out loud. But I'm just going to pray. And we're just going to believe that God is working something in your life right now. Um, so, Lord, we just thank you for an opportunity. And right now, we just admit that we have sinned and fallen short of your glory. We admit that we have walked away or we admit that we have never come to you. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for everything that we've done that came against you, like Jenna said, an unlimited credit card. And we confess you right now, Lord of our lives, whether we've done it in the past and walked away or this is the first time we confess you, Lord of our life. And we believe that you are coming to make transformation in us. We don't have to be clean to come to you, but instead we can come to you with all of our burdens, all of our mess, all of our junk, all of our dirt, and you can cleanse us, kind of like what the baptism was today, an open declaration of that, that you will cleanse us right now. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.